0: Welcome to Business Talk, Sister Gok. I'm Becca, and today's podcast episode title is How to Make an Impact, Entrepreneur Style. And this is actually part four in my series. And I've been going on an investigation of how to utilize entrepreneurship to really make an impact in the community and in people's lives. And in this series, if you haven't listened to the first three episodes, I would definitely recommend going back and doing that. Some amazing interviews with some amazing people about understanding how 60% of the US population has had an adverse childhood experience that has increased so many different factors for them of um, being less likely to be successful. And I, I really want to understand this further in a way that makes sense to any entrepreneur and in this episode I'm going to be going through resources that could be helpful to any entrepreneur regardless of if you're employing people or not and I I really do think that this is valuable because I actually have a sister right now who is an entrepreneur and she's doing this um, because It's valuable to know about the resources, to sit down and understand what is in your local community. Because as an entrepreneur, regardless of the type of business you have, if you can connect people to places where they can get help and the resources that they need for the moment that they're in, you can be someone who's providing value in your community. So regardless of if it's something that you want to do through employment or not, having these resources available and knowing about them is so important to being able to breathe life into other people. I don't know how many times I've learned about something when someone else has been going through a crisis or just an emotionally difficult time and been able to say, hey, I heard about this and I think it would be helpful for you. Here's how you can check it out. I talked to the people and this is what they can do to support you and just helping other people feel like they're cared for and that someone truly wants to see them succeed in life. And this is also where I'm seeing a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck because they really do want to care about their community. They really do want to care about people's lives, but most of them are going it alone and not utilizing and understanding the programs that are available or developing those relationships to make sure that their outside of work needs that their employees have can be met in other ways and it's making a lot of them burnt out right and and i don't want that to happen where you say i can't employ anybody else anymore it's just too much work to try to make sure that this person is being successful they've got a lot of baggage going on and i want you to not feel like you have to be the only one solving these problems because you shouldn't and there's lots of opportunities for other people to come alongside you and support the fact that you do really see potential in somebody and you do want to employ them to do a job but we need to understand some basics to this right the first thing i, w- I really want to recommend is understand that employment cannot be everyone's first priority. And a lot of times housing or sobriety or um, mental health stability are places they need to start before they can even become ready to be employed. And I, we're going to talk about this next week as well with an organization locally that I know in my community that's doing an amazing wraparound service approach to helping support people through those areas of struggle before they go after employment. And and there are places that are doing that. And and I know that a lot of times as a business owner, you see the opportunity in somebody and you want to employ them, but they're just not there yet. And so how do you be that warm lead that brings that person from point A to point B? And, and I'm going to talk about that today. So the first areas that I think you should know about in your local community are nonprofits that help people with uh, childcare, getting their GED, say if somebody doesn't have their high school diploma, or money management. There are lots of nonprofits in, in different communities that are paid by the federal or state government to help support efforts where people are maybe lacking or trying to get an education or finishing that up if they haven't. Now, social services is another place that you need to know about. And a lot of times when I say social services, people think, oh, these people are going to take my kids from me. that That's not what social services does. That's thats a specific child protection services, right? Social services, they have programs like children's mental health, where you can get a social worker that can help if your kids are going through something hard. And they can come alongside you and support you with resources such as respite or connecting you with people who are qualified childcare providers or finding different resources for therapists and all of that. Because if something's going wrong with your kids, more than likely you're going to be distracted from being able to do a good job at work. And if there's other supports within your community that could help that person, they're really worth knowing about as a business owner. Another helpful resource to you as a business owner should be the Department of Economic Development and Employment. On your state level, there should be programs that they're rolling in your area that you should find out about. Because a lot of times, if you're trying to add jobs to your community, there's actually resources and funding available that you can go after for... Paid training for your employees in a new skill, if you're trying to diversify, anything like that. There's a lot of different programs for that, and I think that most people are not aware that there's ways that they can subsidize the training that they're having to pay of their employees in growing their business. So definitely check that out. A subcategory of DEED, right? Department of Economic Development and Employment, is. Um, Workforce development within your region, there's a lot of different things that workforce development can be doing regionally that that can impact what options are available to you. So for example, a lot of initiatives for my area include apprenticeship programs. So say you have somebody that would make a great employee, but they just do not have the skills yet to be able to work for you and you don't have the time, say two years of your time, to train them in a specific trade. Well, apprenticeship programs are set up a lot of places where they can learn those skills and you're not having to pay the wage for them to learn those things, and then they can come back to you after they've graduated with their certificate, and you can employ them as somebody who actually has the basis to be able to do the job functions that's required and necessary for the position that they're filling. Now, with that caveat, a lot of these programs, when they start out, if you're one of the first people testing the program, you're probably gonna get the most support. And I think that that's great if you want to start talking with people in your area about workforce development and communicate your needs as a business owner and say, this is what I'm looking for. A lot of times they can help build the programs that they're already working on around the needs that you're seeing if you can give them feedback as an employer. Now, what I've found with these programs a lot of times, though, is as they grow, The government usually wants more and more data points on whether or not it's working and all of that, which can end up becoming a major time suck in terms of administrative costs to be able to keep being a part of the program. And some businesses have the capacity to do that and others don't. So throughout that progress, if you are ever in something where there's a government subsidized program that you're trying to be a part of, you have to continue to communicate what's actually doable or is an undue hardship on your business to continue to participate throughout those programs. Now, along with that, a lot of times there are like rehabilitation programs for people who have been incarcerated. Sometimes these can go in tandem with the drug rehabilitation programs or Teen Challenge. There's lots of different areas where people are coming out of hard places that need to learn work skills and need to be in a safe environment where they can be successful. And I think it's really important if you're ever passionate about that subgroup demographic that you really understand what other resources you can utilize as you're hoping to be supporting them because Most people don't know that a lot of states actually have an insurance program for if you employ or hire a felon, they actually have an insurance program for the first six months of employment if something goes wrong or say um, things get stolen, whatever. There's like up to $5,000 reimbursement for costs of inventory or whatever. And if you're not utilizing those programs, you're taking a lot of risk as a business owner on yourself that you don't necessarily have to do. And there's ways to mitigate that. And quite honestly, there are tons of people in those programs working with inmates and helping them be able to rehabilitate back into society that would be more than happy to walk you through any of that stuff or dig into the things and resources necessary to help you employ those individuals because there's not a lot of people that are willing to do that. And that can actually be a really good opportunity for any kind of job where it may be that it's not customer facing or they need to work on some different things before they can move forward into feeling that like they can be confident. And I, I really do think that those are valuable. So the next area that I also think is far underutilized by so many business owners because we don't know about it is vocational rehab services. Now, this is actually a a subset of Department of Economic Development and Employment in a lot of ways, but it has a little crossover with the Department of Disabilities and advocacy for Americans with disabilities because it's it's two different areas, right? People maybe who are recovering from like a surgery or a injury and they're trying to get back into the workforce. Maybe it's somebody who utilizes these services because they're trying to get a job that will be accommodating towards the fact that they're in a wheelchair. Or maybe it's somebody who has um, cognitive issues because they're developmentally impaired or even people who like, have dyslexia or things that are mental health related for like anxiety or depression can also utilize these services. And if you have an employee that is in one of these camps, you should really understand what vocational rehab services can do for you. Because there's actually um, a big misunderstanding with business owners about what's a accommodation for the workplace they can make for somebody who has a disability. And a lot of times vocational rehab services can support like job tryouts. So, for example, if somebody maybe could be like, a, I'm not really sure if I can employ this person because they have a lot of needs, but I want to try it. There is actually a program where they can do that with you, where you can have them work on the job for a couple months and you can evaluate how it's going. And in some cases, they will actually pay the wage of that individual up to like 120 hours for them to understand if this is going to be a good fit long term and there's no risk to you if you have to say no this is this is not going to be a good fit because this person isn't able to do the job functions but working with those programs trying to to support the employees that you have in a way that really does make them successful but it also limits the the financial output you have to have to accommodate for that person can be really valuable even in terms of Uh, different equipment that that person may need to be able to be successful at the job, such as like a screen reader because maybe they're blind or have a head injury from a previous concussion. There's lots of things that can really, really be helpful that most business owners don't even realize they can utilize and help people be successful. I think it's also really important to have a good relationship understanding with your local housing authority. Because when you talk with your housing authority, they can tell you what's available in terms of whether there's like rent assistance for your region or even in cold areas. Sometimes there's uh, certain months of the winter where it gets so cold that you have to pay a lot more on your heating bills. And for somebody that's maybe just learning how to manage their money or doesn't have a big emergency fund set aside because they may be working on minimum wage or just above that, I think it's really important to know what those resources are so that it doesn't become a debilitating crisis for someone who you're working with and I think that understanding what it takes to be able to get someone into housing can be very very valuable. Right now even in my community there's other places such as um, the food shelf or Salvation Army that I think are really valuable things that I want to know about because a lot of those people that are going there maybe also qualify for other things that could support them during a time of need, and especially with mental health issues going on, these can be really valuable resources. And I want to go back to vocational rehab services just for a second because did you know, and, and especially even with like people coming out of incarceration, there's actually two programs within my area that kind of do this kind of stuff. Um, there's actually an opportunity for job coaches where somebody can come and be paid to be on site with an employee and help them learn the job functions as a one-on-one coach through all those things. So you don't have to do it yourself. You can train that person the same way you would any employee that's just starting out. But then there's a job coach that can sit with them and help them learn the skills additionally and make sure they're crossing all their T's, dotting their I's on every step of the process. And you don't have to do all of that. Now, not everybody obviously qualifies for these programs, but it's important to know which ones are available because a lot of times when you're looking for employees, These programs actually have people they're already working with and they don't have enough employers that are willing to hire these people. And they have already all the services set up. They're just looking for an employer to give them a chance. So those relationships can be very helpful and symbiotic in back and forth referring what needs you have or what people they have to be able to help you. Another area that I think is really beneficial for you to know about as a business owner is actually what services are in your community for your aging population locally. Now, this is important because a lot of people, especially now that the boomer generation is retiring or getting older, there's a lot of um, Gen Xers and millennials that are actually taking care of their parents, maybe even on top of taking care of their kids. And sometimes those people need supervision because they're going through things like dementia or whatever that that really inhibit that person from being able to leave their home and be employed. And if you're aware of these kind of services that can support them, maybe with like adult daycare or even like having a, a personal care assistant come in the home and support them, that can be incredibly valuable. And along with that, the other area with the adult aging population or just anyone in general that is a veteran, they're actually federal services for veterans within each community. Knowing who that contact person is can be so valuable to helping to get people assistance, whether it is anything to do with their transportation to a medical VA facility, or even support for, honestly, yourself, if you're a veteran, because they actually have a whole suite of services specific to if veterans want to start their own business. So there's so many different areas that the veteran services can be helpful. The important part about all of these, however, is that you have to know the contact information of each organization and what they do. And like I was kind of saying before, my sister, literally, as she's starting her business and networking and getting out there, she's sitting down and having coffee with each one of these areas in her community because she's maybe new to the community or whatever, trying to figure out. How can I be an impact and be a resource to people and network them to the places that they potentially could need help? And I think I cannot say this enough. As an entrepreneur and somebody who's networking and somebody who wants to be invested in their local area, it doesn't matter if you're going to employ people. If you ever hear of somebody having a problem or they need support, these are all resources that you need to know the contact information for the person who's running the program. Now, with the caveat that a lot of government organizations or nonprofits have like an average of a two-year turnover time frame. So, you maybe have to connect again or the, the services and the grant funding for each of the different programs may have changed based on legislation. So, it's important to know the most updated information on what programs are available. So, for example, right now in the state of Minnesota, Vocational Rehab Services actually has a program for work experience for kids ages 14 to 21. Now they don't always have that program, but right now they do. And that's beneficial because it means that there are kids who qualify because maybe they're on an IEP at school, or maybe they have ADHD, whatever, and they're wanting to get job experiences where they can be paid where the wage is paid by the government program to work for an employer to gain skills such as cash handling experience or um, customer service that they maybe would have never had the opportunity to do as a young person. And I think those are things that can be incredibly valuable to a business owner who's looking for a little extra help and maybe looking to mentor a youth within the community. There are so many opportunities, but not being engaged locally in knowing what's available, you get to this place where you're trying to figure it out out on your own. And I I don't want that to happen for any business owner. Now, there's a couple more services that I want to just talk about or or organizations, groups that I think are really valuable to just kind of keep in your back pocket as things that could be very helpful to people in your community or people that you employ. So, for example, any kind of support groups for, say, parenting or grief share I don't know how many people I have referred to a grief share because something's been going on in their life that they really need to get through and they can't keep working or they can't keep doing life until they have dealt with those areas that they need to address. And AA groups, support groups for people who need to stay off of drugs or be s- sober, those are so important and knowing the contact information or how to get connected, um, those can be so so valuable and I I want to make sure that other entrepreneurs know about it because that's how you can be an impact in your community that just spreads so much farther beyond making a profit. and I really do think that there's so many other valuable areas that I probably haven't covered because I'm just not familiar with them yet, but they're out there. Like foster care clothing closets for, for families that need clothes in an emergency or all these other things that potentially are things I haven't even thought to cover today that could be valuable. And there's probably more specific resources to your community. And that's why I think making an impact means understanding what's available to your area and really getting involved locally. For the gak portion of my episode today, I'm going to share a story with you about a time that I learned something incredibly valuable that actually has helped me on multiple occasions throughout my life. A few years ago, uh, we had a young man that we were connected with just through community that we cared about. and. He was going places in his life or doing different things and I knew he was moving away. And I told him, hey, if you ever need to call somebody, if you ever are in a situation, here's our phone number because we want you to know that we care about you and we love you. And a couple of years after that, I got a call from the chief of police from a different town. And he said, I have this young man here who this is the only phone number he has of anybody that he knows and cares about him and he's homeless. And he needs a place to stay. Do you know what we can do? And at this time, this was the first time I'd ever have somebody call me about homelessness. And I didn't know what the first thing to do was. So I called my (laughs) father-in-law because this guy is so good at knowing exactly what to do in these kind of crisis situations. And he told me something that was incredibly valuable that I didn't know. He told me I have to call a phone number locally. It's 211 it's kind of like 911, but for homelessness. And he said, here's the exact words you need to say. Because if you say this young man is living with you, they will do nothing because they have to be either living in a car or out on the street in order to be considered homeless. And if you say, yes, he has a place to sleep. They can't do anything, so the words that you use and the semantics of it are important for being able to get this person help. You have to tell them this person cannot stay with me in order for them to open up a case file. Now, I could digress into the fact that this is really stupid (laughs) for the government, but anyways, we're just going to keep going. Um, So, I did. I called this number and I had the chief of police at my house. We talked through it. I ended up also calling my pastor and saying, hey, I have a kid here who needs a place to stay. What do we do? And he actually had a lot of experience with getting people into um, emergency housing for homelessness. So, we were able to, miracle of miracles, get into a spot open at a homeless shelter where he was able to then uh, be able to stay the night and in the next couple months where he then got connected with a social worker who connected him with a, uh, job experience program for construction and was able to start getting some assistance in figuring out how to get an apartment or finish his GED and all of these other things that he wouldn't have been able to do if he didn't have people that were able to call different resources that were within the community. And and the reality is that half of these things I didn't even know about and I had to call other people to find out. And since that moment, which I'm so glad we were able to get him on the right track and find resources that could be applicable. I've had more people call me and say, Hey, I have somebody here that's homeless. What do I do? How do I call people? Where can they get food and clothing and all of that kind of stuff? And that was something that I never realized whoa, this is necessary because not a lot of people have the community experience where they're around long enough to say, here are all the resources, especially when social services and all of the nonprofits are having a turnover of two years employment and then those people are moving on. Well, if you have somebody trying to learn all of that within two years and then the programs keep changing, how are they going to be effective? It takes people in the community knowing about these things and hand-holding people to the next resource to make sure that they can get the help they need. Because a lot of times, quite honestly, if you don't know the semantics or how that they can fit into the program and apply, there's some people that won't do the work to actually help them be successful and get into the right track. And I think that as a business owner, if you are gifted at administration or networking and understanding those things, you can really be beneficial to your whole community in a way that you never knew you could and even potentially to the people that you're employing or caring for. So in summary, I want to reiterate You do not have to do this alone. You do not have to try to solve every problem by yourself. And next week I have a guest who's gonna be talking about some amazing other wraparound service providers and things that they've done to help people move into a place where they can be employable and effective from a place maybe from backgrounds of trauma or poverty and I'm so excited about it because I want you to know about what other people are doing so that you can partner with those organizations so that your business doesn't have to take on those job functions and you can focus on helping people be good workers and run a profitable business where people can feel that they are making an impact on the world and they have purpose. And, and that's an v- incredible gift that none of these other programs can do. People feel like they have purpose when they can see tangible results and get paid for it. And that's something that nobody else can do that business owners can. So if you enjoyed this episode today, you should give it a review on Spotify. And I'm super excited to have you join me next week.